You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. I've got Eloise King in the studio with me. We're going to talk about being an enlightened entrepreneur mm. today. Eloise has a business called Soul Sessions. She teaches people with a whole lot of other teachers how to, well, she teaches what I teach. She talks about the law of attraction. We played Greg Braden this morning talking about the matrix and vibration and all that good stuff. You've got to be it to have it. Before you can, you, you want something, but you have to actually live like you've got it at live as if, live as if. You can't feel poor and attract money. You can't feel sick and attract health. You can't feel lonely and lost and attract love. So, Eloise, yes. what is an enlightened entrepreneur? I was thinking about this this morning, just knowing that I was coming in here for a chat while I was doing my laps in the pool. And I think it's, um, there are lots of ways I could answer that question, but the most succinct is potentially is somebody building a business that is not only the purest reflection of who they are personally, so a business that's an extension of their true and authentic self, but also one that is going to help them create a life that they can't wait to wake up for. So in business, I think, you know, we all know the grim statistics, like most business don't make it to 12 months. The ones mm. that do don't make it to 24 months and the ones that do 24 months don't make it to five years. And then the ones that do make it, often the business owners and the leaders in those organisations haven't bought themselves an enlightened experience of their life. They've bought themselves a whole lot of stress and they feel trapped within what they've created for themselves. So I think it's absolutely fundamental to do the foundational work first. Even if you've been in business for 10 years, you can still go back and revisit all your foundations so that you can course correct and create an experience of your business and your life that not only do you, you know, love getting up for each day, but that it serves you. It gives you that sense of freedom that is the reason most people go into business in the first place. Yeah, I think that is the reason most people go into business, but then it becomes all about the bottom line, doesn't it? It becomes all about paying the bills, becomes all about making the money, paying the paychecks. I was down in Coogee walking the dog the other day and there was a new cafe that opened around Christmas time and they had fallen in love with the dog so I got chatting to the people that, <laughs> and they were so excited to have the new business. They had all these ideas and these plans and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It's like, you know, Coogee is just full of cafes and need another cafe like a hole in the head. So I'm down there the other day, they've closed. I'm talking to the guy who's reopened. He had sold them the business and he's back in there because he owned the lease and he was just complaining about how they ran out. They just left. It's like it just got all too hard. Mm. It mm. got all too hard mm. and it was really interesting to see how these enthusiastic they lasted three months oh three months three yeah. months yeah. yeah well that's it you know you you start you need to have a really strong vision you have to have a lot of energy you have to be very passionate about what you're doing if you're going into business and you've also you know like we just mentioned most people you know have a real desire for freedom you know they don't want to work in a corporate anymore or they don't want to be part of a structure that they don't believe in or they don't want to be told what to do and when to get up and how to dress and all those sorts of things so 
it's very, very um, beautiful, the reason why people do go, you know, and passionate, the reason why people do go into business, but the unfortunate truth is most people don't make it. And mm. um, so, yeah, business is a, it's a, I, I love business because I think it is one of the greatest self-development tools that exists. Mm. I think in business, the journey of business, we started Soul Sessions in 2010, so we're in our fifth year now, but it's a journey that, shows you everything and serves you everything up on a platter to reflect pretty much every part of yourself, you know. So you have to face your fears in business. You have to face your insecurities in business. You have to get up and do things when all you want to do is curl up in a ball and and hide under the doona. You know, you have to kind of keep connected to why you're doing it and and just show up you know show up to keep moving forward and growing you mm. know? and the I'll, why is so important isn't it so important because i know maybe you're into fashion or maybe you're into food or maybe you're into enlightening people but whatever it is whatever business that you start it's it's got to be that why have you like what was your why for starting soul sessions yeah it's a really interesting question and actually i'd love to speak to something um, that popped into my mind before about when you're talking about the cafe o- owners who three months into it, it's all too hard, they closed oh. it down. And, you know, often you you also said that, you know, it becomes about the bottom line and the profit and all the rest of it. I remember a very personal experience. I was, um, it was a few years ago now, and I was sitting on a stage, a soul session stage in front of about 250 people. I was interviewing my guest who'd come in from the United States and we had this amazing venue, this beautiful energy, this, you know, the whole thing. It was one of our big celebration nights and I sat there interviewing and I looked out over the crowd and I had this internal experience of realising that I felt I'd forgotten my why. I'd become really disconnected to the the actual purpose behind it all, why Mm. I was getting up and doing it. Mm. And the reason I became disconnected was because I'd gotten so busy and distracted working on the business end of soul sessions, Mm. which, you know, there's a lot in business that taken my eye off the why. Mm. So I actually just stopped. I got home that night and the whole experience really floored me. It really rattled me. And I made a decision that I wasn't going to do anything until I'd reconnected with my purpose and I really understood it from every angle. So I spent six months basically just diving into a whole lot of exploration processes and discovery processes and thank goodness, you know, like that could have gone either way. I might have never done another thing, you know, on behalf of Soul Sessions ever again but thank goodness I became, you know, I got that fire in my belly again and I became just so committed to serve, you know, and very connected to my why, you know, why do we do what we do? So why do we do what we do? We do it because I think it's really easy for people to get distracted in their lives and start doing things not for the right reasons. And actually I believe that we are meant to feel love every day. We're meant to enjoy ourselves. We're meant to feel connection. We're meant to, you know, have an experience of our lives that, you know, that we really are very connected to. So pretty much I dug down deep and figured out that they they were the things that I believed in that everybody deserves to have more of these things. And so everything from, you know, that we did in Soul Sessions from that point on became about either creating an experience of that for myself personally and the people that work for us at Soul Sessions, but also making sure that everything that we do creates those things for other people and the people that we work with. Mm, mm. So you know your why. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I may as well get it tattooed on my <laughs> arm or my forehead or something because So it's... would you say that that is the definition between an enlightened entrepreneur and a normal entrepreneur is they're really connected to their why. They have a reason and a purpose that no matter what they're going to keep at it. I think that it's one part okay. of what makes up enlightened entrepreneurship. I think that's a, a definitely a big part because rather than just figuring out your why or your purpose over a beer at the pub, if you actually go through the right level of processing around this to figure out what your core values are as a, as a unique consciousness, as a unique being, then they're pretty unshakable, you know, and if, and it's also a very aligning process. So once you've figured that out, then that enables you to, from a personal perspective, as a as the person that's leading the business, the way that you think becomes the way that you speak becomes the way that you feel, you know, and that in itself is a very healing process and it, and it brings a lot of integrity with it. But then when you apply that to your business, every single communication has that same level of alignment. You know, every single action brings that same level of integrity to it and every single interaction is imbued with with that kind of integrity and presence and, and that's powerful. Mm, mm, too good, darling, too good. <laughs> We're going to come back and have more of a chat with Eloise after this. This is Nick Hill. Doesn't get much better than this. Gorgeous Eloise King in the studio. We've been talking about being an enlightened entrepreneur. Eloise used to be a journalist and t- five years ago she started a business called Soul Sessions where she teaches people about living into their purpose. You, well, you teach a lot of law of attraction. I remember the first time I went to one of your sessions, you were talking about law of attraction. I'm thinking, ah, she's talking my language. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the too. things I love on your on your website is that you interviewed Deepak Chopra. Oh, yes. Deepak Chopra. What was that experience like? <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. We met at a hotel in Sydney CBD and I walked in. I think there was two people in the city that got an interview with him during that, that Yeah, how did trip? you score that? You know. Because you're gorgeous and Connections. <laughs> and gorgeousness and, gorgeous. and blondness, of course, as well. Um, yeah, and I walked in and, and I'd known that Deepak was quite um, prolific on, on Twitter and social media and and lo and behold, um, he was head down, twittering away, tweeting away, right. and walked in. And, yeah. But it was great, you know, like he's a he's a phenomenon in himself and he's, a, he's doing great work and... Yeah, it was a really great experience. In the in the video of you talking to him, he's like got a little twinkle in his eye. He looks that's really cute. Actually, <laughs> we had a fun time. Actually, we were talking about drag queens and you know a whole lot of different things. But he's he can be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah, he was. Uh, oh, look, he was the reason that I woke up to everything that I know about and think about. Is today. that right? Yeah, I was thinking about love, life, and the universe, and what's it all about, Alfie and. <laughs> and and I just didn't come at any concepts of what God is. I just couldn't mm. I couldn't arrive at any sort of making sense of what anyone had said about God. It mm. just did not make sense to me as a 
child. Mm. I wouldn't say I was an atheist, but it just it just didn't compute. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't talk about God in any shape, way or form, mm. but I was interested in quantum mechanics and science and stuff like that. Mm. But he talked about the field, mm-hmm. you know, the unified field. There is a field out beyond all thinking and believing. Mm. I'll meet you there. And he's so poetic, you know, he loves Rumi. I'll meet you there. And so he talked about this beautiful spiritual aspects and he talked about it in a very scientific way Mm. and there was just one day when I just thought oh my god that's god Mm. like that field that matrix that unified field Mm. that he's talking about in a very scientific that is god it's Mm. like not some guy that's going to judge you when you die yeah which we'd been presented to which is religion. Which religion had yeah. presented to us or the Buddhists say there is no God and the Christians say, oh, no, he's a white guy with a beard. And, like, it's just none of that had made any sense to me. Mm. But when he talked about the unified field, I'm like, that's it. There yeah. we are. Yeah, well, we look at, we um, do a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza work at Soul Sessions and, and sort of teaching teaching his his framework so for enlightened entrepreneurs or people that are interested in the new paradigm of business mastermind group that we run one of the key in fact the first foundational module that we work with people on is dr joe dispenser's breaking the habit of being yourself program and really what we're doing there is we're diving into who you are as a being and what your relationship is to your reality around that and the thing that kind of really intrigues me and it actually floors me at the same time is that, you know, at, at the end of the day, while we like to think of ourselves as these, well, everyone likes to think of themselves differently, but at the end of the day, at our most basic level, we are mammals, you know, we are biological systems. And there is a way to kind of fully understand who you are as a biological system. And it involves neuroscience in the brain. It also involves the quantum physics and the emotional guidance system. And so, you know, in the same way that we wouldn't jump in a Ferrari and get out onto the Autobahn without actually really knowing how to drive and master that vehicle so that we can take it out at top speeds. I don't fully understand why we are not being taught how to master our own biological system, like how to understand who we are, how our brain works, how our emotional guidance system can actually be our best friend, you know, rather than the thing that drags us down. Yeah, that first module that we teach is very much about self-mastery and we do that from the perspective of neuroscience and quantum physics so we don't ask anybody to believe anything that you know that's that's kind of out there it's really it all comes back to science and so it's very very digestible yeah yeah have you seen max planck no not max planck what's his name i've gone blank I was watching, I was, um, there's a scientist that was outlawed by the scientific community because he talked about morphic fields. Who am I talking about? Do you know who I'm talking about? I have no idea. What is uh, a morphic Sheldrake. field? It's a Sheldrake. It's the unified field. Right. The morphic field is the unified okay. field. Dr. Sheldrake. And uh, he was a biologist and he uh, discovered the morphic field, which is the energy field that's around everything, mm-hmm. which contains all the information about everything. It's mm. the unified field. It's the matrix. The movie talks about it as the matrix. You know, everyone has a different name. Some people call it God. Some people call it the morphic field. Mm. But it contains just the field around us, the space in between us, mm. that empty space that looks like there's nothing between you and I. It's mm. filled with information. Mm. And that information is connecting to receptor sites on your cell and it's it's a direct communication between the energy and the, of the morphic field and you. Mm-hmm. And it's the creator of you. It's what Dr. 
after Joe talks about. Mm. So when he started talking about morphic fields, which is something you can't see, touch, smell or measure, mm-hmm. of course the scientific community just said, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and they ousted him. He did a TED Talk and uh, they took down his TED Talk because he talks about the paradigms or the myths of science mm. and he dispels a lot of myths that scientists hold up as true and oh, the scientific community <laughs> didn't like him at all. Yeah. But he amazingly brilliant man. Yeah, amazingly. I'll have to go Dr. and check it out. Dr. But Dr. that Shelfrey. field and that information, you know, container that you're talking about is, I mean, Absolutely. There is so much wisdom and knowledge and guidance and everything in that field. And if you can develop a relationship with that and, you know, and it's it's that that brings us the synchronicities, that it's that that brings us guidance, that, that you know, that actually feeds back information to us to tell us that we're on the right track yeah. or to say, what the hell are you doing? Go and look at another path, you know. So, but that's... That's a, it's a big concept for a lot of people until they've really dived in and, and developed a relationship with that. And once it's, you can master it, again, it's part of this self-mastery. Yeah. It's once hard to can. have a relationship with something you can't Invisible. tangibly touch, feel, yeah. smell, hug, yeah. you know, like you're having a relationship with the air around you. Yeah, but like then the when, when I hear between you say you. that, it's absolutely, there's, you know, you can't argue with that. But... What about love? You know, everybody understands the experience of love, you know, and there's the the mad, passionate, deeply, you know, deeply fallen kind of experience of love that, again, is invisible, intangible, like, you know, but you know it's real. And then there's the love that you have for your dog, you know, which is also very deep, you know, anybody that's a dog knower, uh, dog owner, you know, understands this kind of love. And then there's there's all types of different invisible things that are uh, might be intangible, but they, you know, they feel tangible as well, tangible. you know. Like so this is concrete. the argument in that movie Contact. You see that movie Contact with Jodie Foster. It's an old one, but it's about a scientist looking for signs of life out in the universe. And then she discovers this information that they turn into a machine and she has this experience. It's incredible. It's like 20 years old with mm. Jodie Foster. Yeah. So she falls in love with a priest and she's a scientist. And that's the argument they have. Like It has to be real in order to be real. And he's like, but what about love? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't touch love yeah. <laughs> and the most powerful force in the universe Dri- it drives everything got a lot of joe dispenser here what's this heading for a life let's have a little minute of joe dispenser now what he most says. people wait for crisis or trauma or disease or diagnosis or loss to get about changing right. because we have to reach our lowest denominator we have the, the ego has to be bruised to such a degree that we can't think the same way any longer. We can't act the same way. We can't feel the same. Personality falls apart, and that's when people finally go, okay, now I'm fractured to such an extent, I better think about who I do want to be. Now, why wait? You know, that we can learn and change in a state of pain and suffering, or we can learn and change in a state of joy and inspiration. And so the hardest part of this is literally cultivating a new mind and new body every day to begin to take the time out of our lives to begin to ask some profound questions like, what is the greatest expression of myself that I can be today? What do I love about myself that I want to enrich? What no longer serves me that isn't loving to me? What behaviors or choices am I making that are undermining my possibilities? And just asking some of those simple questions will begin to cause the brain to work in new and different ways. And whenever you make the brain work differently, you're changing your mind because mind is the brain in action. So 
if we can remind ourselves every day we produce the same level of mind, we're headed for a new life. You got to You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? That's what we're doing. You're with Karen, accentuating the positive. I've got the gorgeous and delicious <laughs> Eloise <laughs> King in the studio with me. We've been having lots of great conversations on and off air, I've got to say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> too much to talk about, too much to talk about. <laughs> We've been talking about being an enlightened entrepreneur and she teaches, she helps people find that, find what that is. What's your purpose? Why are you here? How do you make that into a business? How do you allow who you are to sustain you and uh, run, you know, run your life? How do you find your core values? Mm. But more than just that, like how do you find your core values? But how do you actually build a business that's successful, that has sustainable growth, that is going to make you money so that you can survive out in the world and not be one of those grim statistics we talked about, you know, at the beginning of our chat. So so really there's a, a very, um, I guess in, in my own experience, there's a very specific set of rules for, you know, the path of the enlightened entrepreneur. Um, and how do you teach because I know you talk a lot about law of attraction in your courses and you teach Napoleon Hill stuff. What was the book he wrote, Think and Grow Rich? Napoleon Hill wrote Think, Feel and Grow Rich. It was back in 1937 and Napoleon Hill was a really interesting guy, one of the most successful success authors of all time. You know, by the time of his death, I think more than 20 million copies had sold of that book wow. and it still sells today. It still sells really well. So Napoleon Hill talked about many, many, many things, but he spent 25 years of his life studying the most successful people on the planet at the time. So, you know, anyone from Andrew Carnegie, who was a billionaire at the time, to Thomas Edison, to Henry Ford, who had the, you know, Ford Motor Car Company. And he basically um, was looking for a formula that ran through. So what were the similarities that he could observe that existed with all of these 500 successful beings you know and he came up with his set of principles and one of them was every single one of them had a definite chief aim which comes back to clarity of purpose and in order to have clarity of purpose and vision and you know all that sort of stuff you really need to understand who you are in the context of your reality and what you want like what are your foundational core values and where do you want to go from there that's why Napoleon well, that's one of the reasons why Napoleon Hill is so interesting to me you know, we do refer back. I wouldn't say it's a big part of the six and a half month journey, but it's certainly he's in there, you know, he's in there in spirit and he's in there in some of the conversations. So, yeah. 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 You were talking about Esther Hicks who's coming out to Australia soon. Mm -hmm is the teachings of Abraham that I often play on the show. I think Jerry, her husband, was very into Napoleon Hill before they started teaching the Abraham stuff mm -hmm. and he did it very successfully. He taught the principles of Napoleon Hill to business people mm -hmm. and made a lot of millionaires. But there was something that Jerry said he was being interviewed one day about that he said, I still couldn't figure out why it worked for some but not everybody. Mm. There was something else going on like these And what success. was his answer? Well, he never figured it out <laughs> he did absolutely he figured it out because the thing about the, the thing about jerry is that 
Esther says he was the great questioner of the universe. He would question and she would she would tune into her broader perspective and she would uh, allow the answers to come through her. And she said the beauty of that was that Jerry had so many questions. So when you question, you summon. When you want, when you desire, when you have a question, you summon the energy or the information that you're asking for. Mm, but you have to actually be in a place of allowing that to come through. He wasn't in a place of allowing that to come through himself because mm. he was so in the question. But why? but why I don't get it I don't get it I don't understand I don't like in the question the vibration of the question as opposed to the vibration of the answer is a different vibration so she was in the vibration of the answer she could answer his questions and she mm. said she never needed to speak to anyone ever again and he I'm... had enough questions for everybody wow and what was the question I mean what was the answer to well it, it's it's actually the core of of the teachings of Abraham it's the core of the teachings of Abraham it's the it's using your emotional guidance system to guide you and because Napoleon Napoleon Hill was talking a lot about, you know, having that very clear purpose and, and being on track and all that, which a lot of success coaches talk about. But it's, it's interesting. I was teaching the other day. I was talking about a friend of mine's father who died last year was one of the wealthiest, most successful businessmen in Australia. So he didn't understand the law of attraction at all. But he used it in his business life. He had a very clear, it's like accentuate the positive. Getting over problems would be let's look at what's good about this. Like he would accentuate the positive. He had a very clear goal. He went for it, very sharp focus, mm. very successful. Well, I think that's the that's the biggest issue for a lot of business owners, especially small business owners who don't have huge departments running everything. But there's so much pressure of them to take care of so many things. You know, they're often... Certainly in the in the early couple of years, they're the accountant, the bookkeeper, the the marketer, the salesperson, the admin, the customer service, they're, you know, the the ideas generator, the vision holder, they're everything. And so that can be really overwhelming. And it's certainly why I got pulled away from my deep connection to why I was building Soul Sessions in the first place and why I had to re-establish that connection. Um, but it's also why we bring in one-on-one -on -one accountability coaches into our mastermind group to work with the small business owners consistently throughout that six-and-a-half-month period because so often in the same way that you know, Jerry couldn't ask the question and find the answer. They needed each other yeah. to kind of get we the best results. Yeah. We do as well. And yeah. so when we're in it and we're visioning and we're actioning and we're doing all this sort of stuff, we often need someone just to have our back, ask us intelligent questions, bring us back on track and make sure that the definite chief aim or the goals that we set or the, you know, enlightened vision that we have for our business doesn't fall by the wayside as we end up in overwhelm and stress and yeah. all the rest of it. Well, it comes back to having that enlightened vision for your life, not just your business. Mm. Like that's what it's all about. So this... Well, this, Richard Branson this, would say there is no difference between yes, life and business. You he know? would, but he's made his business his life and vice mm. versa, Like whereas some people compartmentalize it there's my business and then there's my totally different thing my relationship my family completely different it's like I'm this way in business I've got a friend who's but very successful you? in the how media and you and you spend so much time the majority of your waking life is working for most people you know like it's a very difficult thing to compartmentalize because you're the same person showing up at business at work or in your business as you are when but, you show up with your friends. But a lot family. of people are not. Like I'm thinking about 
a friend of mine who's in the media mm. and at work he is well he's very clear but he's very like he's difficult <laughs> to be very kind he's like he's scary difficult but he's a pussycat at home mm. you know he loves to cook and he loves the animals but at work he's a completely different person mm. and he believes that in order to be and he's very successful mm. in what he does but he mm. believes in order to be successful he has to be this different persona Really, at work, yeah, yes, yeah, so at a different work. front, he's completely different. Yeah. yeah, but is he the same person underneath it all? Does he have the same goals, dri- you know, the same core values driving his behaviour? Yeah, that's an interesting question. One, he might have a different him. wrapping yeah. when he shows up there, but is he? He's probably still exactly the same person, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, how do you teach law of attraction to your? We've got only a couple of minutes left, and then we've got the news. How do you teach law of attraction to your? Um, we don't teach law of attraction specifically. It's something that sort of is a part of self-mastery that yeah. we teach. So we, we teach um, a lot about the the neuroscience behind what your brain, you know, because our brains most of the time don't know the difference, well, all of the time, don't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. So if you can start understanding the way the neural pathways that are running in your brain are affecting, you know, your experience of life and your speaking, your behaviour, your everyday experience. And then you can develop a level of mastery around how to change. You can understand how to prune those ones that aren't working for you away and replace them with thoughts, neural pathways that support thoughts and behaviours and actions that that are going to support you in the creation of, you know, of an enlightened business or a life that you can't wait to wake up for every day, the more positive stuff is what I'm going for, then you have a very, very powerful tool for for creation, conscious creation in your life. And then equally, you know, what we know is that your emotions are a very big part of what you do attract back into your life or what you don't. And so as we talked about when we were off air before, you know, if you're kind of sticking up affirmations about what you want in your life, but every time you look at that affirmation, um, I feel beautiful in my hot pants (laughs) when I'm walking the dog by the beach. And every time you look at that, you just feel this sinking you know, emotional experience of, oh, God, I've got so far to go before I can feel amazing in my hot pants, then actually the emotional vibration that you're putting out there is one of it's never going to happen, I feel like poo, I, you know, I'm so hopeless. And then so you're actually emitting a completely different signal to the one that you're affirming with your Post-it note up on the wall. So we look at how powerful the emotional guidance system is, and then we teach people how to manage that. Thanks for your phone calls. People have been enjoying the conversation we've been having with Eloise, who's here talking about all things quantum and entrepreneur and business and delicious and energy and emotions. And, oh, we've been having so much fun. (laughs) We've been having so much fun. Lots of changes coming up in the way we think about who we are and life. If you'd be interested in finding out more about it, she's got a day on Friday the 29th of May, which is called The Way of the Enlightened Entrepreneur. And it's a discovery day. And she's got a ticket to give away to a subscriber. So it is for business people and it is during the day. It's at Freshwater. If people want to know more about what you're up to, email me at accentuatethepositiveradio at gmail.com.
or go to my website, karenswain.com. You'll see the email there. If you want to know any more about what we've been talking about today or you want to give us your opinion or find out more about being an enlightened entrepreneur or having a successful business that lights you up when you get up in the morning, you jump out of bed because you love who you are and what you do and life is good, just contact me on <laughs> Accentuate the Positive Radio at gmail.com thanks so much honey for coming in oh thanks karen it's been really enjoyable it's been great and enjoy the rest of your weekend thank you here's to more enlightened entrepreneurs thanks for joining us for accentuate the positive radio go to our facebook page accentuate the positive radio with karen swain and show us your appreciation and you can also listen to other podcasts of the show with more inspiring people on iTunes. Remember to review and rate us and tell us what you think. Bye for now.